So we begin Lent, we start to look forward to Easter, and we realize our hearts simply aren't ready. As a people, we're not ready for the cross. Later, I'm going to put some ashes on your forehead for those that want to come forward, and you'll be told, from dust you came and from dust you shall return. And it's to remind us in some sense of our mortality, right? Like we, we spend tonight in part thinking about uh, death. That learning how to die well informs how to live well. Um, David Brooks, one of my favorite authors and commentators, he does a TED Talk about eulogy virtues versus resume virtues. There's like the things you put on your resume, all the work I accomplished and uh, the things I checked off and did, and that's great. But that's not the stuff you want people to say at your eulogy. (laughs) And yet we spend all of our time and energy there. What people, what you want people to say about you is something like about your relationships, your love, your honesty, your kindness. Eulogy virtues are different than resume virtues. So if I can think about my life With death in mind, it might give me much better perspective. It's like Ash Wednesday is this gift where we get to think about that, eulogy virtues. But they don't happen accidentally. These virtues require preparation. So I have to intentionally do things like I would for any skill. Right? Like I have to practice and engage in things daily and weekly and monthly so that I can be equipped when the time is needed, that love pours out naturally. Integrity, right, is something I've trained for. I'm ready. So I, I, I wrote a sermon. I'm going to give you a, a, the cliff notes because then today I was like, I hate everything I wrote. <laughs> I don't want to say any of this stuff. I'm going to say something else. But for some people, this might be helpful to you. Maybe. It just wasn't helpful to me anymore. Like I'm in, a, I'm in a different place or something. So for some of you, it might be helpful to think about Lent as our way to train. And I want you to think about your life like a tree that needs to be pruned. Like you have to prune a bush. You have to prune a tree for it to be healthy. There are things in your life. There are patterns and habits in your life now that keep you, that hinder you, that are roadblocks to being the person you want to be, to being the person God is calling you to be, because maybe these things waste your time, these things occupy uh, or trigger emotions that are not good for you, I'm going to say maybe Lent's a time to prune that out of your life. Let's try it for 46 days. I bet you can go without it. It used to be that people just fasted from food. That was a real issue. And maybe for you, food would be a good thing to do. I'm thinking like social media. I bet you that that hinders you from being the person you want to be and that God calls you to be. Or the news. (laughs) I bet you there's all kinds of things like I waste so much time on Netflix and other things like, I bet you I could live 46 days without it. And if I pruned that, it makes room for new growth. Like maybe I could spend that time preparing myself in other ways like engaged in scripture or in acts of service, in calling my mom back or writing that thank you note. I can actually fill that time with things that will prepare me, that will cultivate eulogy virtues, right? So Lent 
is a time when we can think about the kinds of humans we're being called to be and what would it look like even in just one intentional way for the next 46 days to do something to make us more prepared to be those people. And it's not just removing something. I think it's also filling with something else, like Wednesday small group at 10 a.m. on Zoom or something, right? These things are shaping you, preparing you. To what end? So this is the question I always want my students to ask. Okay, you said this stuff, Joe. For what purpose? Like, why? Today's scripture is pretty clear. So God, through the prophet Isaiah, is talking about your fasts, your lents, your giving up stuff. Oh, you're so great. Is that what this is about? So let me just repeat briefly from Isaiah. Is such the fast I, the Lord, chose, a day to humble oneself? Is it to bow down the head like a bulrush and to lie in sackcloth and ashes? Will you call this a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this other kind of fast what I chose? To loose the bonds of injustice, to undo the throngs of the heavy yoke, to let the oppressed go free, to break every yoke, to share bread with the hungry, to bring the homeless into your house, to see the naked and clothe them. Is that not the fast that God wants? To what end do we prepare ourselves during Lent? For justice, for the marginalized, for those with no voice. It's to go and to love them and to lift them up and to give them a voice. And some of those people are us, feeling voiceless and powerless and marginalized. Some of them are us. But this does not come natural to me. I'd rather just worry about me and my family. Why do, why do I want to worry about these other people, these, other, like these annoying people around me in my neighborhood, at work, my students or whatever? Like I have to train and prepare so that I do care, so that justice is on my heart. That's the fast that God wants. So some of you, this is, this is helpful. Like, yes, Joe, I needed this inspiration. Like, I'm, I'm going to find something in my life to cut out, to train and fill it with something else. Awesome. But I don't feel like that. I feel like tired. Does anyone feel, I feel like the whole tone and tenor of where I work, my colleagues, my students, everyone's on edge. Ukraine, all that is a big part of it, but it's like COVID won't end. Division, it just feels like, ugh. Like, I just feel done, totally done. And I just got back from sabbatical. I can't imagine how all you people working feel. <laughs> it must be so much worse. <laughs> and so then the thought of like, you know what, Joe? Let's start working for justice. Today felt like the last thing I wanted someone to tell me. Like, I got nothing. Okay, so... If you felt inspired by the first half of my sermon, awesome. If you feel like I do, let me just say a few words. This might help. <laughs> oh, great. So strike one for Joe already in, in Lori's mind. I've already struck out on the first part. I just, the words kept going through my head over and over today. You're just dust. It's like, you're just dust, you're just dust, you're just dust. Like, I, it kept going over and over. And I don't mean it in, like, a self-deprecating, like, Joe's awful. It's like, it was, like, freeing. Like, of course you can't get everything done, Joe. 
You're just dust. Of course, you can't meet every student's need, parishioner's need. You can't figure all this stuff out. The world's a mess. You can't solve Russia and Ukraine. You can't make Christians agree with one another. You can't solve political divide. You're dust. That's it. And, and just saying it, just acknowledging that I'm dust made it feel like I don't have to do that. Like I'm, I'm broken and fallible and finite and tired and at the end of my rope, I'm just dust. And that's all God wants. That's it. Like, I'm going to spend Lent saying, here's my dust, God. Here it is. Like, this is all I've got. Here it is. What can you do with it? Like, I feel broken and I feel tired, but I know you can use it. I recognize, though, that there are different kinds of people. There are people like me who need to be reminded they're dust because most of the time, I'm the type A go-getter who does check everything off his list, who ensures I check everything off my list. My family will tell you at their expense, I get it done. Not always great, right? So I have to remind myself, no, nope, 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 you're dust. Just give that to God, and it's going to be okay, right? But some of you feel like dust all the time. Some of you feel deep shame and guilt, like I can't get anything done. Like, I, like, I'm, I, like something's defective about me. So let me remind you that you're dust with one additional word. You're God's dust. You're not just any old dust. You belong to God. You are sacred and infinite in worth. And all you've got to do is take that ill-equipped, shame-filled dust that is God's, and you're just going to hand it back. And you say, this is my Lent. This is what I'm offering and I promise you, God will use it. You want to know how this whole thing starts in Genesis? He just takes, God just takes some dust, and he breathes life into it. I need God to breathe life into my dust. <laughs> it feels lifeless. But I think God will. In fact, I'll tell you, I know God will. So if, you, if you're not ready to train <laughs> for the justice of God, and you feel like dust, then I'm going to challenge you this Lent to find intentional ways of handing that to God, of saying, here I am, Lord. This is all I've got. Do what you will. And God's going to do beautiful things. Amen? Amen? I'm going to read these words that have been read many, many times by many, many people in the past. And then I'm going to invite you forward for the imposition of ashes. Our ancestors in the faith used ashes as a sign of repentance, a symbol of the uncertainty and fragility of human life. Like them, we have tasted the ashes of hopelessness. We have walked through the ashes of our loss and pain. We have stood knee-deep in the ashes of our brokenness. But God of our lives, out of the dust of creation you have formed us and given us life, may these ashes not only be a sign of our repentance and death, but reminders that by your grace, you are Redeemer. We are granted life forever with you. Amen.